Hi, friends. Merry Christmas. It's day five of the 12 days of Christmas here at That Sounds Fun. My name is Annie F. Downs. I'm the host of this little Christmas party, and I'm so glad you've joined us. Hey, the music in the background is from our good friends, Rend Collective. Be sure to grab a copy of their new Christmas album, A Jolly Irish Christmas, Volume 2. And have you had the chance to pre-order your copy of That Sounds Fun book? Listen, if you pre-order the book, remember you get the audiobook now. You don't have to wait. The book comes out February 2nd, but you get the audiobook now. Head to thatsoundsfunbook.com for all the details. And if you've seen the fun new merch, we have at shopanniefdowns.com. So many fun gift ideas. Be sure to pop over there and check them out. I hope you enjoyed our time yesterday with Charles Hunter. Isn't he the coolest? He's absolutely remarkable. I love having chefs on the show. I love local Nashville people. It just was one of my favorites. We've got another great show in store for you today. But before we get into today's episode, I want to just take a moment and tell you about one of your favorite partners of ours and one of mine too, Able. Y'all heard me talk about Able a million times and it's because they're just some of our favorite friends and they make some of my favorite products. From my beautiful leather backpack and cognac to my go-to jean jacket, to the jewelry I wear on the regular. I literally use multiple Able products every day. Able creates transformative opportunities for the women who work for them. All of their products are handmade and they are deeply devoted to quality, both in the products they make and in the quality of life they aim to provide. Their products make meaningful gifts because they transform the lives of the women who make them. Our friends at Able have come through again this year with a special offer for our little That Sounds Fun community. Just go to livefashionable.com slash TSF and enter the code TSF25 for 25% off their entire site. You guys, that's livefashionable.com slash TSF and enter the code TSF25 for 25% off. Today's guest, I'm such a huge fan of her as a person, but also as a part of Little Big Town, one of my favorite country groups. Kimberly Schlappman is a cookbook writer. She had her own cooking show, and now she has written a kid's book called A Dolly for Christmas that we read for Mini BFF Book Club. This conversation is so special, and I'll tell you all the truth. Something went wrong in the recording, and we thought we had lost it, and... Jesus brought it back. That's what Jenna and I are standing by, is that this conversation was rescued, (laughs) literally, and it's because it really matters. I'm telling y'all, there's some things that Kimberly says in here, so it may be a note-taking one for you, but I promise you it's one that you want to have some space while you're listening, whether you're on your treadmill or you're in your car. Just open yourself up to what she has to say about um, loss and grief and the holiday season and some beautiful miracle stories and adoption stories. And this recording is a miracle. (laughs) So I'm so grateful. Here's my conversation with Kimberly Schlappman from Little Big Town. Kimberly, thanks for doing this today. This is so fun. I have been so excited about this. I adore you. I adore your podcast. And I I can't believe I'm actually being a part of one. I'm so ready. For starters, can we talk about cooking first? I mean, I know everybody knows you for multiple things. You're Little Big Town. You're an author. But also, when you cook on the internet, it makes me so happy. I just love it. Listen, I used to have a cooking show and everything on the show would be perfect because we would cut when I would mess up and uh-huh. we would redo it. And and I had people talking to my ear and I never sounded like an idiot. But when I do these, te- these little Instagram cooking videos from my kitchen, when it's just crew of one, which is me yes. and I'm not very savvy, <laughs> I mess up and oh my word, it takes me forever. It takes several hours to do one of those anyway, because I have to prep everything and I want it to all look really great. And then when I get in one, cause I get one shot because it's not like I have extra of, I have an extra turkey or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right. so um, if I mess up, I just have to keep going. And sometimes there are, there are disasters, but I figure it's so 2020. Yes, so I just go. With that's it. right. When you were filming, what was like the most fun part about having your own cooking show? My favorite part about that show was when we went out into what we called the field where I would learn something like I, we would go to chicken farm and I would learn about all about chicken farming and then come back to the kitchen and, and cook something up. That was my favorite thing. I loved that show. Oh, man, it was very fun. to. I mean, and how many cookbooks do you have out? 
I just have one. Okay. One. Yeah. Yep. It, it feels like five, but it's only one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it took me forever. It took me <laughs> two years to write that thing. It's, but oh, I just have one. It's amazing. And it's always Southern. That's your thing, right? That's my thing. I love other kind of food, but I just stick to uh, Southern as far as trying to, you know, instructing people how to cook because I, I feel like that's the only place I'm qualified. <laughs> me too. Give me a, give me a casserole recipe and I can do that. Yes, I know yes, how to do that. Yes. I just had this experience where I was taking some food to some friends who were sick and I had to make three different things in the kitchen at the same time. And when I was done, I was like, I'm so thankful for my mother and my grandmothers who taught me how to do that. Just how to like balance multiple things in the kitchen at one time. I know it is. It's an, it's like a dance. It's like a dance and you got to know when to go where. And that's if right. You stay away too long. You'll get in trouble. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Who taught you how to cook? Oh, my mama. My mama taught me how to cook. And both of my grandmothers were amazing cooks. So I just stood beside them my whole life, you know, learning from them. And I never had a, any kind of formal training. I only had the training of my grandmother's nothing. Mm -mm. No, no, I need it probably, (laughs) but I've never, I've never had it. I've done a lot of trial and error on my own. You know, my husband's been my guinea pig over and over and over and and my bandmates have been my guinea pigs. But, um, yeah, I learned to cook from my mama. Um, she, she's an incredible cook, but what I guess I mostly take away from her cooking in my childhood is that she would cook for people, whether whether they were celebrating a baby or they um, lost a family member or they lost their job or they broke their leg or no matter what it was, she immediately went to the kitchen and started cooking and she would take, she would show up at their doorstep with a pie or a casserole or something just to love on them. And she taught me that and I, I just treasure that. I, I love to love on people with food. My brain's going two directions. Let's first talk about so many of our friends listening are moms. You're a mom. You have yeah, two girls yeah. that yeah. we will talk about. But when we're thinking about it's Christmas time, it's holidays, and we have a lot to cook. And like there's just kids under our feet the whole time. What's the benefit of having them in it with you? Making memories. And sometimes sometimes it does get hectic, you know, and then and, and things get uh, messy, so messy. And I'm kind of a clean freak. Uh-huh. So I do have to tell myself it's okay. We're making memories together. This is You a clean up thing. as you go on your Instagram cooking show. I do. I do. <laughs> I did. Learn, I learned that from my real television show, too. Clean as you go. That yeah. way the set doesn't look so nasty. Yeah. But um, And I try to do that at home. I do love to clean as I go. And it, and it does help. But um, my girls love it. Daisy, she's a great cook. She's the 13-year-old. And she loves to cook. And Dolly's just now getting into, you know, wanting to put her hand in or her finger as, as happened last week. I was one of my friends, my friends had a baby boy and I wanted to make them some of these cookie bars that I love to make. And so I told Dolly she could help me, um, but she couldn't touch the bowl. She could just sit there on the counter and watch. She could not touch the bowl. But every time I turned around, I would look back and she was licking her fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so these cookie bars aren't going anywhere. We're going to eat all of them. They are not COVID friendly. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's so true. I mean, when I dropped off food for my friends, I left it on the porch and I drove away and texted them and said, it's there. (laughs) Yep, yep. And you don't want a three year old on the counter while you're making something for no. a friend. <laughs> so speaking of your girls, you've been off the road. Everyone has been off the road, but Little Big Town's been off the road since March. Where y'all had y'all started a tour? Yeah, we had just released our new record Nightfall in uh, January and it started off amazing. We we debuted it at Carnegie Hall. Yes. And then we went to the Apollo the next two nights. And then it was just off to an, an amazing, my favorite tour we have ever, ever done. And then mid-March, um, we did a show in Atlanta, which was really awesome because that's where I'm from, as yeah. you know. And um, Karen, my bandmate, is also from. So we had a lot of family members there. It was such a fun show. But the next weekend, I was on my way to bus call. We were going to Detroit. Yeah. And so my girls and I are in the car. It's about midnight. Are they going with you? We- yeah, they always go with me. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Do you have your own bus or is all the band on the bus together? Well, now um, we have our own buses, which we waited cool. 20 years for that. Right. But it is awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, and explain why bus calls at midnight for people who don't live road life like we do. 
Yeah, bus call is at midnight so that you can get on the bus and sleep and the driver drives you all night to wherever you're going. And it's just, it, it's a much better way. It's be- much better to sleep those eight or 10 hours away than yes. to sit on a bus and awake for those eight or 10 <laughs> yes. hours. That's for sure. <laughs> Especially with kids. Yes. But anyway, so I, we were on our way to bus call and I got a phone call from our manager and he said, well, you need to, we were on our way to, De- we were about to get on the bus to go to Detroit. And he said, you need to turn around and go back home. The Detroit show got canceled. And I was like, oh, no. And we had two shows in Detroit that weekend. And he said, but we think we're still going to do Chicago. So we might leave again tomorrow to head to Chicago. And I was like, oh, okay, this is crazy. Okay. So then I got a call the next day. And he said, well, we're not going to Chicago. And we're not going next weekend. And we're not going the next weekend or the next weekend. We're done. It was terrible. It was scary. It was sad. We had put so much work into this tour that we got to do for about five weeks. Right. That was it. And we were right. supposed to do the whole year. But, um, you know, there are much bigger problems this year. And so many people are That's kind of devastated. You. Yeah. But we can hold both. We can hold the gratefulness and the disappointment. You can yeah, hold both. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, Nightfall is a very good album. If our friends haven't Thank listened to you. it yet, it is very, it felt like it should come out in January. Like it had both the like brooding wintry feel and also yeah. the celebratory New Year feel. So, yeah. Oh, I love thank it. you. It's thank a great you. album. So, I would like to talk about the bus for a minute. <laughs> okay. I love that you have your own bus with your girls. Did you decorate it and everything? Listen, we work with Hemphill Bus Company, and two years ago, they told us. We have, we've been with them forever and they're such good people. And they said, um, we're going to let you design your own buses. And we were like, I was like, (laughs) so I did a girly bus. I mean, it's white and light pink and gray, and it is a little haven on wheels and we love it so very much. We call it the girls bus, but we let my husband come along sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So did Daisy and Dolly have their own bunks? Yeah, they do. They have their own bunks. And Dolly's little bunk has a little crib thing on the side, so she she doesn't fall out. But they love their bunks. Dolly's bunk is all padded out with faux fur. Oh, I love it. And so, you know, they they just, they love being on the, the road. They have missed it so much. So, I mean, they are always saying, when are we getting back on the bus? When are we getting back on the bus? That's all they know. You know, they've both done it since they were tiny. One day um, we were riding in the car and Dolly said, mommy, uh, when the Corona virus is over, can we go do one more show one more time? Oh. <laughs> like, oh. Oh. It broke my heart. Uh, yes, you're like, and yes, but it will not be one. It will be a lot. Right. Yes. It will be a hundred. Yes. I mean, talk about, for all of our friends parenting right now, especially in Christmas and at this at the end of this year, There has to be, now I'm not a mom yet, so I don't know this, but there has to be these conversations with kids all the time about what they're disappointed about. Do you plan those? Do you just try to check in once a week? Like, how do you make sure your kids are talking about what they're disappointed about? Yeah. Well, with Dolly, it's it's easier because she's three. So, you know, she just kind of goes with the flow. So she doesn't realize that coronavirus is, you know, necessarily something that has stopped the world from turning. Right. right. Yeah. But, she's not um, missing school. She just, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. But Daisy, who's 13, is in that age where she's got girlfriends that she wants to be with them all the time and they have things planned. And, and you know, it's it. And she's a gymnast. So there were so many months she was not able to do gymnastics. And um, so she has more disappointment, you know, than than Dolly does. But like last night, um, my parents, we're going to see my parents next week and they're older and my mom has Parkinson's. And so we have to be really careful. So she and her girlfriend had planned a sleepover. And so I had to tell her last night, baby, you can't you can't do that right now, right before Thanksgiving. It's just too risky. And of course that broke her heart, but, but she's is such a good girl. She gets it. She understands. She just, you know, we don't, none of us like it. Right. Right. But she understands. And with her, you know, at her age, I just want to be really honest. And she knows how serious this virus is and, and how serious we have to take it. And, and she's great. They, they wear a mask at her school all the time. And while well, her school actually just went virtual again. Ugh, so, know. you know, it's just back and forth. Back and forth. But 
Yeah. They're never getting a snow day ever again because every school no. knows how to do it when they're home. I'm sorry to tell kids. but That's exactly what I thought about when this first started. I'm like, oh, no, snow days are over. Snow days are over. We're going to – unless the school's like, you know what? Go play outside. But, right. <laughs> um, right. So I met – Daisy and Dolly, when we did the mini BFF book club reading your kids' book, A Dolly for Christmas, how did you make Daisy? How did you make her so polite and so lovely? She's like a little grown-up. Oh, I'm, I'm, she's such a good kiddo. I don't know. I don't know how we did that, but she just awesome. She has such a compassionate heart. Her heart is huge. She loves people. She's always excited about doing something and moving on to the next big thing. And she's getting everyone involved. And, you know, all of us have days where, where things, you know, things aren't so great. And, and, you know, not every day for her is perfect, but she's, she's such a good kiddo. And I'm so grateful. She's a great little mama to Dolly and, um, she's awesome. Hey friends, taking a short break from this conversation with Kimberly to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Pros. Y'all, Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. They combine natural ingredients and innovative ways, giving you clean hair and impeccable results, not the same old solutions that we find on shelves just anywhere. Pros knows there's more to you than just your hair type. They use an in-depth hair quiz, one that's been taken over a million times and then use their algorithm in over 50 billion formula combinations to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. My hair can be a little opinionated from time to time, so I really prefer hair care products that help with manageability. And I love when my shampoo and conditioner give my hair fullness and shine. I've been using my Personalized Pros products for several months now, and not only do my Pros shampoo and conditioner smell incredible, they've added volume, shine, and manageability to my hair. I'm left with strong, healthy hair, and I am a fan of that. Pros is also a great gift for the holidays, y'all. They have a seamless process where you can send a personalized Pros gift set. Just enter your recipient's email, and then Pros will send a digital gift card and link to the in-depth hair quiz. And then Pros bottles their unique formulas and ships the gift set right to your friend's door. And if for any reason you need to tweak the formulas, like a change of address or a change of diet, they have a simple-to-use review and refine feature, so your products stay personalized. Take gifting to the next level with Pros Custom Hair Care. My friends get 15% off their order. That's you by going to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for 15% off your order. And now back to our conversation with Kimberly. Okay, let's talk about a dolly for Christmas. I just adored both your girls. And that book, I mean, I feel like for so many of our friends, when we were talking about it on Mini BFF Book Club, it was like, okay, here's a book where you can explain what a miracle is. Here's a book where you can talk about adoption. Yeah. Here's a book where you can talk about prayer. Here's a book where you can talk about disappointment in your family. Yeah. I mean, like, will you back up and tell us a little bit, whatever you're willing, of, of your story of getting pregnant and trying to get pregnant again? Yeah, absolutely. So when Daisy was just four years old, she started asking for a baby. And she every day she asked, and every day she prayed to God for a baby. Every single day when she lay down at night and said her prayers, she asked God for a baby. And sometimes that's all she said to God. She just so badly wanted a baby. So what she didn't know, of course, as a four-year-old, that my husband and I were already trying to have a second baby. So let me back up for a second and tell you what happened before that. I was married before to an incredible man who died suddenly. And for all the years we were married, which was 14 years, we tried to have a baby and um, it never, ever worked out. We went through a lot of- I did not know that part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My first husband, Steve Rhodes, um, whom I was married to for 14 years, in 2005, he suddenly- died. And all those years together, we had been trying to have a baby. So I had been told, I I have endometriosis, so I'd been told, you know, it's not likely you will get pregnant. So I married two men named Steve, both from Ohio. (laughs) So weird. You're like, here's what I'll pick. I'll pick a Steve from Ohio. You guys line up. (laughs) That works for me. Yeah, yeah. 
So anyway, um, so I married my my now Steve, whom I call Schlapp or Schlappy because of our last name, because it's weird to call my next husband the yeah, same as my first. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> so, when we um, were married, we didn't think we could get pregnant because of me, and we got pregnant on our honeymoon. Oh, my gracious. So, yes. So in my heart and soul, I wholeheartedly believe that my Stephen Heaven went to God and said, please give her what she has always wanted. And as my wedding gift to you to from heaven, that's what he gave us. He gave us Daisy and God and my Steve, I my feel gosh. like, really had a part in that. So. We had Daisy, surprisingly. Yeah, we're married and we're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was amazing. So then when Daisy was four, she started asking for a baby. And we had already been trying and we had um, already actually had a, one miscarriage um, in that time. So we told Daisy, we're, you know, we're going to try to have a baby. So through several years, from when she was four years old to nine years old, every night for those five years, she asked for a baby. And Schlapp and I, the whole time, are trying really hard. We started seeing special doctors, and we went through all kinds of fertility. The most fertility treatments you can do, we did everything. And we we kept going through losses. We lost them. And then, um, you know, I would go into ultrasound appointments where we had heard a heartbeat, and then now there's no heartbeat. And it was just devastating so much that we went through. And then after we had the last loss, we decided it's time for adoption because it's something we always wanted to do. So we just, we decided it's time to start the adoption process. So we started that and Daisy, her, her, she never stopped believing ever, ever, ever. She kept praying because she kept believing God was going to answer her prayer. And so when we started the adoption process, it came, it became even more real to her. You know, this really is going to happen. So she got even more excited and kept praying. So we, we did all the paperwork and all the social worker visits and all the stuff you have to do, which is a lot for adoption. And we, we got um, approved. And then they told us that we would wait about 18 months or two years for a baby. Well, I had told all my friends that we were in the adoption process just to kind of kind of let them know. And if they heard of any baby, you know, that needed a family to let me know. Well, lo and behold, about three weeks after we were approved, I got a call from a friend who said, there's a baby girl who needs a family. And I was like, was like, what? Yeah. Um, we were at my husband's mother's house in Virginia and we got this call and I was like, <gasps> and Daisy was sitting on the bed with slapping me where we're about to all go to bed. And Daisy's like, what, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I said, um, there's a baby girl who needs a family. And Daisy started jumping up and down on the bed and she's like, oh, it's our baby. It's our baby. It's our baby. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And she's crying. Oh and it was the most beautiful. She's like, I believe, I believe this is our baby. Well, I didn't have any more information. So I was, I was like, baby, hang on, hang on, hang on. We don't know anything about this. You got to calm down. Right. We don't know. No, this is our baby. I believe, I believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And she just having a revival up right. and down on the bed, jumping up and down on the bed. So she's still believing. Yeah. <laughs> so turns out that was our dolly. And and she was in our arms just a few days later. And but oh, I forgot to tell you something super important. A few weeks before that, Daisy decided she was going to ask Santa Claus for a baby. So when she told us that, we were like, okay, all right. So she went and sat in Santa's You're like, lap. If God can't do it, I'm going to turn to Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she sat in Santa's lap at the adoption agency Christmas party. And she said, Santa Claus, all I really want for Christmas is a baby brother or sister. And Santa looked at slapping me with this kind of sad look on his face. And he looked at Daisy and he said, well, darling, I don't know that even I can do that. And and she said, well, I know, but I thought you could talk to God about it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and then everyone in the room's like, oh, this poor child. So, you know gosh. what? We believe that God yeah. and Santa Claus got together and they brought us our dolly. Yeah. Because it was not long after that that she was in our arms. That is unreal. <laughs> and that was three years ago. A little over three years ago. 
I mean, you're what what I don't think people would know looking at your life, what we see on the internet, Grammys, ACMs, CMAs, AMA, Little Big Town, super famous, to be clear, that behind the scenes, there is just such devastation over and over again. Yeah. I mean, tell me about your relationship with God when you lost Steve and hadn't had kids, when when you can't get pregnant again. And that window between Steve and Schlapp, there had to be like, God, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, well, my greatest dream my whole life was to be a mama. I wanted it more than anything. I had other dreams and they've come true, but thank thank God. But I, I had this dream of being a mama and it was the strongest dream. That's why we tried so hard my first marriage. And yeah, when I lost Steve, I, I questioned God, why, 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 why did you not let me have a baby with him so that I would have a part of him to take with me, you know, to have in my life? And I, I did not understand that. I have a super duper f- strong faith, though. My parents really instilled that in me. And so I still had hope that it, you know, could possibly happen somehow, some way. But I I was devastated and I was upset with God because I just did not understand and I know he understands that. He knows that we're only human and, and we can only deal with things as much as we can. And then we just get upset with him and yeah. he understands that. <laughs> but um, so then, yeah, we had Daisy, which was, and then I was like, oh, this is, thank you, God. This is why, because I needed my Daisy. This is why I didn't have a child before who would then have had to have lived without their their daddy. But you gave me this amazing miracle now with this new man who is also sent from heaven to me and, and has healed me of so much pain. So then after that, we wanted Daisy to have a sibling because we thought that was important for her. And that's not always important for families. Sometimes um, single, you know, only children are exactly what that family needs. But we thought that our family needed a, a sibling for Daisy. So I thought, well, I guess we got pregnant one time. We can do it again. (laughs) So when we started trying just naturally, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. And so we started a little bit of fertility, um, just a mild little fertility treatments. And and that's when I had the miscarriage. Um, That was so just shocking because no one in my family close to me had ever had one. So I, I certainly wasn't expecting it as, an, you know, nobody's expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it. And I really didn't know how to deal with it. Um, honestly, it started, my miscarriage actually started on stage during a show. No. Yeah. During a show on stage. And I, I don't share that with, I haven't shared it before now, but I think, I think it's important for people to know that as my life may look glamorous, like you've named out those things <laughs> earlier. Yeah. It you know, behind the the stage door, it there was a lot of devastation and so I know how it feels for women who are going through such hard times now. I know how it feels to the embarrassment of not being able to have a child. We're supposed to be able to have children. And so when it doesn't happen, there's actually a sense of embarrassment and oh, then wow. and I know how it feels to buy 10 or 12 pregnancies, pregnancy tests at the same time. And um, you do one one day and it's negative and you do the one the next day and it's negative. And you think, well, maybe in the morning I'm going to do another one because maybe in the morning I'm finally going to, it's finally going to be positive. And then it's not, it's negative and then negative, negative, negative. And you throw all those away. And then next month you try it again. And it, it's just, it's so hard on the heart and hard on the spirit but then we got more, you know, we began to get more serious and we did um, in vitro fertilization, which is very intensive. And then we did and that that failed. And then we did that again. And so, you know, it, there was a lot of of sadness, but also because we had Dot Daisy and she was such a gift and she was such a, a bright light. She was our hope. And that's why I could keep smiling because of the love and her spirit, which is so big and infectious. It's like, it's so much like yours. You cannot, you <laughs> I can't I loved not her smile. immediately, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. You can't not smile when you're around Annie Downs. Oh, and it's the same as my Daisy. And so, you know, she kept us going. And also because of what I went through with my late husband, and, and God restored me wholly and completely. I knew 
that God could do miracles again. I knew that I had to trust him because when I lost my Steve and I questioned him so much, then he showed me how what how beautiful restoration can be. So I knew it. I knew that God could answer our prayers. I had no idea how he would answer them. And after all those disappointments, of course, I lost a little bit of hope. But I, because of what he had done for me and shown me in my life before, I knew I always still had some hope. Yeah. So our friends who are listening who this always happens at the holidays, it's their first holiday without a parent or their first holiday when they've lost a spouse or they thought this year they'd have a baby at Christmas and they don't. And I, I just imagine all those. What would you say to those men and women who are listening that this is that Christmas could ping loss more than it pings joy for them? Yeah, I would say, sadly, that the first Christmas will probably feel more sad than it feels merry, for sure. Also, at, at Thanksgiving eight years ago, my husband's brother was killed by a drunk driver oh on the night before Thanksgiving. So we've we've experienced as a family a lot yes. of that loss and around the holidays and and it's it's terrible. The first time you go through that holiday season, but actually the first time you go through every first for that first mm, year, yeah. every first is brutal and raw. But God and time do heal. And once you get past those firsts, you do begin to feel lighter and more hopeful. And just life just slowly, slowly, but surely does get better. And oh, I, it, it pains and breaks my heart to think of the people who are going to go through hard times right now, starting next week. It's just going to yeah. be hard, but I'm here to tell you, you will make it through that. Even on the days you think there's no way you're going to make it through. One day I'll tell you this, and this is also a story I've never told anyone, but not long after my husband died, well, it's probably a few months after I was in our closet and I had not yet cleaned out his clothes because I, I couldn't make myself. So I was, I walked in the closet and I literally crumbled into pieces fell onto the floor, couldn't get myself up off the floor. I was totally alone in my house, me and my dog. And the phone rang. And um, I had a phone nearby. And I, I literally cr forced myself crawling to the phone. And it was my daddy. Mm. <laughs> and um, he said, baby, I felt like you needed me right now. Uh -uh. And <laughs> yeah. And he and I said, daddy, I'm on the floor of the closet. I need you really bad. But, you know, I I think those moments are, they're just devastating. But know that you are not alone. There's somebody out there. And whether they call you or you have to call them, don't lay there alone. Yeah. Don't lay in that closet floor all by yourself. Just pick up the phone because somebody wants to love on you. Yeah. And man, I'd also say to people, thank you for telling us that story, by the way. I would also say to people, if someone comes to your mind, pick up the phone. Because mm -hmm. yes. had your dad just gone, oh, I don't need to worry about calling Kimberly. She's all right, yeah. you know. But pick, yes. if someone comes to your mind, pick up the phone, send a text. Some yes. Trust your gut that there's a reason they're coming to your mind. That could be a nudge from God. Yes. yes. Follow through with that. Yeah. Absolutely. For every two times that it, the person goes, uh, thanks. All right. <laughs> there's one time that it's, it's a moment like that, that you don't even know right. in the moment how much they need somebody. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's such great advice, Annie. I, I really haven't thought about that. But yeah, I think that's so important. If they come to your mind, act on it. John Mayer had that song, Say What You, say what you Need to Say. Say <laughs> yes. What You Need to Say. That's so good. That's really all that song says. And it's, it's just epic because it's just a lesson to all of us. Say what you need to say because you never know how much it's needed and you never know if you'll have, ever have the chance again. Yes. And the, so the whole time through this whole journey, you're still, you're singing with Little Big Town all the time. So your job and your calling is still going. Yep. Yep. That's my job. And I'm still doing it. And they are, I mean, especially when I lost my first husband, they literally days, literally physically carried me <laughs> because I, I had no strength. Um, they, they walked with me through that, like 
Oh, I mean, they were my little angels during that time. So was my family. They, my family was incredible, but they weren't in the same town as me most of that time. And Little Big Town was. And so, yeah, they were, they nursed me. They really nursed me along. And as I say, my family wasn't there. I can only imagine how difficult that was for my parents, you know, because I insisted they wanted me to stay down in Georgia, but I insisted on coming home because I thought it was important. And I thought it was important to stay responsible to my bandmates. And although they would have given me as much time off as I needed, but I did leave my parents. When I left, I went down there because we buried my Steve in my hometown because I wanted to always have him near. When I left there, I know. I can only imagine how devastated and how hard it was for them to let me walk out that door. Yes. Yeah. Now, now thinking about your girls, can you imagine? No, I cannot. But they did because they knew that I needed that. And so they let me, but they, my parents are just, my whole family, they're just remarkable, amazing people. We're talking about the same thing. The, The theme of all this is how do we hold gratefulness and sadness? Yes, and, yes. And you're saying it like there was it was such deep sadness, but you're so grateful for all the people yes. who stood with you in that and held literally held you up. Literally. Literally physically held me. Yes. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our partners, Solitaire Grand Harvest. Okay, so when I need to unwind or decompress, I love spending time hiking at Radnor Lake, hanging out on the porch with friends. But on the days when it's chilly or rainy outside, I need a little indoor activity to give my brain a break. Solitaire Grand Harvest is the game that you can download on your phone or iPad. It's everything you love about playing solitaire, but all wrapped up in a fun farm aesthetic. You can enjoy the relaxing sights and sounds of farm life while you level up your solitaire skills. I'm not kidding when I tell you that Solitaire Grand Harvest is a super relaxing treat for the mind, full of fun and challenging levels you can play anywhere, anytime. If you play your cards right, literally, you can advance and earn an hourly bonus based on how many crops you grow. Listen, let me tell you the other trick. The dog will give you coins if you make the dog bark by pushing on him, okay? I'm just telling you, pet the dog and he'll give you coins. The more you play, the more crops you harvest and the more bonuses you can collect. Spin the bonus wheel to grab even more surprises like free coins, bonus cards, extra harvests, and more. An extra harvest is a big deal, you guys. It's solitaire like you've never seen and it's free to play. You can connect to your social accounts and see how your friends are doing and have some friendly competition while you're stuck at home. And when you need to take a load off, Solitaire Grand Harvest is a fun way to unwind. Whether you're stuck inside or just dreaming of a simpler life, now you can have a fun farm-style getaway right at your fingertips. Download Solitaire Grand Harvest for free today in the Apple App Store and Google Play and on Amazon. And now back to our conversation with Kimberly. So one of the questions are, you know, our friends get to send in questions they'd love me to ask you. And Leslie asked, do you think Little Big Town will ever do a gospel album? Y'all do have such, so many of your songs can relate to gospel situations and gospel themes. But do you think y'all ever do a gospel album? I would love that. We would all love that. We all grew up singing in the church. I mean, all of us say the first time we ever sang in public, it was in the church. Um, And that music means so much to us. We recently, well, not, no, several years ago. We decided to do the Chris Christopherson song, Why Me, Lord. Yes. Oh, yes. it's so good. So we've covered that a lot. And then a couple of years ago, we were at a charity event. Matthew McConaughey has this great charity event in Austin, Texas for children. And we've played it a lot. But the last time we played it, two years ago, Chris Christopherson was there. Oh, wow. And he decided to sing Why Me, Lord, and ask us to come on stage and sing it with him. And I was like, okay, God, I, you can take me now. <laughs> That's I'm, it. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so that song means so much to us. And if we did do a gospel record, I think it would definitely start with that song because, oh, it's just such a good one. But yeah, we love gospel music. Um, Daisy has always called it God music since oh, she was little. Of course. And we get in the car and she's like, can we can we play, listen to some God music? <laughs> so we love it. I love it. Have y'all done a Christmas album yet? No. Oh. We have to. We keep planning on it yeah. and something always <laughs> happens. Um, we, we literally were picking out songs and doing arrangements and everything about four years ago. And Jimmy had a vocal cord mishap 
and had to have surgery. So that didn't happen then. And every year we're like, okay, we got to do a Christmas record. But then what people might not know is that you have to turn in those records by July. Yes. <laughs> because the record label does whatever record labels do. It takes them forever. So um, we just never have been able to do it by July. Yeah. So but one of these days, we are going to do a Christmas record. Yeah, people yes. don't know y'all are doing photo shoots, sweating, wearing sweaters <laughs> and hats because it's the middle of the summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's crazy. That is why. Well, I would, at some point, I need to hear you sing, Mary, Did You Know? I just need oh, uh, I love just need that your song. voice and your heart singing Mary oh, Did You Know to me at some that point. <laughs> so sweet. Well, we have cut a lot of Christmas records. We've I mean Christmas songs. So we have songs out there. We just don't have a full record. But we haven't done that one and I love that song. Oh my gosh. It just it, it about brings me to tears every time. More than any yeah. other of like Yeah. Cause she yeah, we can't even talk about it. It'll make me get teary talking to you. Do you have a favorite little big town song? That's what one of our friends wanted to ask. How do you pick a favorite with this? Y'all have y'all have more number ones than most people have songs. (laughs) So how do you pick? We we do have we've made a lot of records. We just made our ninth record, so there are a lot of songs. Um right now, I think my favorite song is uh well, well, I might have two favorites. Okay. On this latest record, there's a song called Problem Child. Uh And it it's about it kind of has a little bit of a twist about being a problem child. It's, it's about feeling totally alone. It's it's a deep song. Yeah. It's about feeling totally alone, like nobody can ever imagine how what you're going through or how you're feeling. But we've all been problem children. We've we've all been that person before where where we're the ones that feel lonely and um it it's just it's my favorite favorite. But then also on that same record, I really love um Wine, beer, and whiskey. I do too. I <laughs> love so wine, beer, and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our single out that's now out right now. But that song is so much fun. One of the problems in 2020 and the last few years is people only hear the singles you release. Yes. And, yes. Or if you go to Spotify, you only see their top five. But if people will sit and listen to Nightfall all the way through or listen to any of your albums all the way through, you get such a variety. Like songs like Problem Child and Wine, yeah. Beer, and Whiskey. We know yes. Boondocks. We know Pontoon. Yeah, yeah. We know those. And uh, oh, Girl Crush. Girl Crush. Can yeah. we just talk about how dumb people were about Girl, girl Crush right at first? <laughs> Are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah. yeah. Yes, we can talk about that. You know what, Annie? That hurt my feelings. It would have hurt my it feelings, really, too. <laughs> it really did. I was like, come on, just listen to the words for just a second and don't take it quite so seriously. And everybody's been in this state. Everybody has been the girl left behind. Everybody has felt that type of jealousy. It's kind of like a turn on Jolene, Dolly Parton's song, Jolene. But yeah, I, I really, when when we got word that we were getting some pushback on that record, I was like, well, that I'm hurt. That yes. just really hurts my feelings. Yes, because you want to be, I, one of my, and we're about to talk about Enneagram. One of my biggest problems as an Enneagram 7 is I hate being misunderstood. Oh. And that whole experience, I was like, y'all just are misunderstanding. You're not paying yes. attention to what the song actually says. Yes, oh. that's exactly right. Oh my goodness. Ruined yeah. my day. Okay, let's talk about Enneagram. So what, you are newer to Enneagram. I'm very new. I'm very new. You introduced me to any to the Enneagram. Well, all my friends are talking about it. They're all like, oh, I'm a three. I'm a four. I'm, you're a seven. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I feel left out. Yeah. So I had to start learning. And so I, I did. I, I learned about it from you. I started learning about it from you and I listened to your podcast. And so and then I've listened to more since then. I'm trying to when I'm reading about it. I'm trying to figure out I'm. 99% sure I'm a nine. Okay. Because I really have trouble when people aren't getting along and there's yeah. conflict and somebody's uh, upset about something and I really like coziness and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But here's my one question about the nine. I don't ever, I don't ever sit down. I don't ever like, I don't ever sloth out. I never, I'm always up and going, doing, 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 doing. So I, does that mean I'm not a nine? No, I think you could totally be a nine. I'm, now, I'm not the expert, but I do love talking about it. But I know a lot of nines who are really active and do a lot of things. And the sloth can more appear like uh, not responding to texts or oh, digging, totally. digging your heels in about something and back, you know, so being a little more stubborn about something. And the sloth can appear emotionally as much as anything where you're like, I'm just not, I can't, I'm not going to deal with that. I can't deal with that because I've got these. So 
we're going to do this, this, and this instead. It doesn't have to be laying on the couch. Okay, good. Then I think, then now I'm 100% a nine. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) One of my favorite nines is a tour manager. He never stops. But yeah, okay. He, can, he has a he has found ways to sloth in other ways. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can I can sometimes not um, answer my emails. <laughs> yes, yes, there are things. Yeah, yeah, there are things that get that 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 comes out. Yeah. But also, there are just some people who that's that doesn't fit their personality to not do. You know, to not do things. So right. But I would totally believe you're nine. Do you know what your other bandmates are? Is your has everybody else in Little Big Town talked about it yet? Yeah, Karen is a uh, an eight. Karen's an eight, and Jimmy is a four. Oh, okay. and we're still trying to figure out Philip. Yeah, I feel like Philip is our um, our consummate dreamer. I mean, he always finds the good. Always, we're like our song is at forty one yeah. in the charts. <laughs> oh, but it's still it's still heading towards number one, top fifty. You know, that, that's, <laughs> That's Philip. He always, always has the right side. I love it. So I don't know what he is yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's very, I mean, it'll teach you a lot, especially even like you and Karen or or their marriage or Philip as, you know, like having that just in the back of your mind, you don't, and it's so much more about uh, motivation than actual behavior. Because every, you know, we can, if, if, you know, there's another let's in a terrible world we get locked down again. We may all ah. make this we may all do the same behavior at the grocery store. We have nine different reasons we do it. Yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. It, but I I would be interested to know what he is as well. It's fun to know. I mean, my people who are on the road, we have it matters to me that we all kind of speak that language a little yes, bit. Yes. Yes. It's so fun and I think it's so good for relationships, marriages, Work in relationships, friendships, children. Yeah. I know that you really, it's hard to tell what a child is as far as I understand, but I'm almost positive my Daisy is a seven. Yeah. Because she, she, she's got all the qualities <laughs> of a right. seven. I put all her in that it. category too. Um, okay, let's talk one more quick minute about Christmas and then uh, we'll be done for today. But what do you cook at Christmas that we need to, that's in your cookbook? Or like, what are y'all's traditions that we need to know about? We go real traditional at Christmas. Okay. Um, we, you know, turkey, dressing, ham. Uh, are you a dressing girl? Oh, yeah. You have to be a dressing girl from Georgia. That's right. You know, There's, it's my grandmother's recipe. Question. Only one of our sisters of the three of us learned from my grandmother how to make it. She only taught one of us, and it wasn't oh. me. So the other one oh, makes yeah. it every, but yeah, it's, we and believe it's in it. It's an art. It's yes. an art. Yes. Really. And it, it's like, it's like making biscuits. You, you're not going to be good the first time. No, <laughs> you no. have to keep, you have to keep trying and That's trying right. and trying. That's right. But we'll have sweet potato casserole, my mother. My mother's sweet potato casserole. I'm pretty sure they serve it at the gates of heaven. Yes, they're like, you've made it. Um, Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have this special little green bean thing my sister always does where she um, uses the long green beans that haven't been chopped up. And um, I mean, green beans as God makes them. Sure, sure, sure. And as she wraps them. them in bacon and then she, um, she drizzles them with maple sugar oh, like brown wow. sugar and a little maple syrup and oh they and she just never like make makes them in enough. the oven she can never yeah and then she bakes them yeah she broils them but she makes more every single year and it's still never enough because we <laughs> eat them up like crazy i feel like but, somebody um, put in my pocket and like just take it with me and eat it like a snack <laughs> <laughs> it's so good um but we have some new things like the kids always want to make oreo balls yeah you know the oreos and cream cheese that's their thing they'll they'll make them all the time and um and there's these little pizzas that actually the recipe came from my my late mother-in-law um and there you you mix sausage and oregano and cream cheese and then you cook that all together and then you spread it on the little cocktail rye bread yes. little tiny squares and then you broil that oh, oh my gosh. I mean, we, we also can never make enough of those so. listen there, southerners cannot find enough reasons to use cream cheese we can always find <laughs> one more we can find one more thing <laughs> There's always. I just love I mean, it. If if you are baking something and it's so far a fail, just add cream cheese. Just add cream cheese, and I bet we'll eat it. Put it, slide it on something, spread it on something. I bet we'll eat it. Yes. Okay. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about, Kimberly? I don't think so. Did we so. leave anything out? I'm looking at my list. I feel like we covered it all, except Lake Burton. We both love Lake Burton. 
Oh, I love Lake Burton. What a beautiful part of America. um, Do you know that my papa had a little tiny house up there when I was a kid? He sold, wait, you're going to freak out. He sold his little tiny house for $10,000. Oh my gosh. On the lake? On Lake Burton. Oh no. (laughs) I'm I'm like, Papa, why did you do that to us? You don't understand. Right, right. But I love that lake. And and all those lakes up in North Georgia, Lake Rayburn and and then Lake Hartwell. And oh, there's just such such a great. I'm so happy. I love North Georgia so much. Me too. It is so restful for me being up in that part of the world. Yeah. Um, Okay. The last question I always ask because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. We love being outside. We just built a new deck, yeah. a quarantine deck. We always same, wanted a same. deck. And we I did the finally same. did it. You did? <laughs> I did. I did. I redid my porch. <laughs> uh, so it's it's awesome. So we have a fireplace out there. So we love to build fires and have s'mores on the deck. I mean, I'm telling you fun things for 2020 because it's, you know, normally it would be like amusement parks and stuff like that. But um, we love being out there with the girls and and doing s'mores. And Dolly just keeps eating the chocolate bars and Daisy keeps making marbles. <laughs> and also, um, a friend of ours um, called me like it was probably April when we were just beginning to get some serious cabin fever. And she said, we just bought a new trampoline. Do you want our hand me down? And so I've always been the mom that's like, well, you're not getting a trampoline. Yeah. They're not safe. Yeah, they're, they're not, not getting safe. a trampoline. <laughs> when she called me deep into quarantine and offered me a trampoline, I was like, yes, yes when can please. we come get it? Yeah. <laughs> So we went and got it, and it it has been a a a saver. Of, oh, I bet. Of, ooh, I'm like somebody gets agitated or tired of being inside. I'm like, why don't you go jump for a few minutes? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <No. right. laughs> Including you and Slap. You're like, I think you need to go jump for a minute. <laughs> Time for you to go jump. Do a few flips. That's right. Um, well, I can't wait for people to get a dolly for Christmas. And I'm I'm just so thankful for you. The, I, I don't use this lightly. You did ministry today Aww. for some of us. And I just, I'm very thankful. People need to hear those kind of stories. And I know you went um, deep into your own heart to tell us those. And that it means a lot to me. So thank you. I appreciate that, Annie, so much. And I I do want people to have hope and to never, ever give up because you just don't know when God's going to answer that prayer or how he's going to answer that prayer. You just can't give up. Yeah, we will not give up. That's it. Um, All right. Thank you, friends. Thank you, Annie. So happy to talk to you. Oh, friends. I'm telling you, I just, I am like ready to hear your responses. I'm ready to hear your stories. I'm ready to hear your comments after how honest Kimberly was, how deep she shared with us and just how lovely she is. I walked out of the recording of this one and I said, this one is going to help so many women and so many families and so many people who feel disappointed right now. So I hope you love this one. Hey, share it with someone who might be feeling some of the things you're feeling, some of the things Kimberly was feeling. It's a real easy way to start a conversation when you and a friend listen to the same thing, and then you can talk about it afterwards. So share this with somebody that you think might benefit from it as well. And make sure you get a copy of Kimberly's book, A Dolly for Christmas. Get like 10. It's just the sweetest miracle story. And if you like this episode, I think you'd also enjoy one of our TSF Couples episodes from 2019 with Russell and Kaylee Dickerson and episode 122 with Julie Roberts. Not Julia Roberts, but Julie Roberts, the country singer. She's awesome. Be sure to check those out. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you back here tomorrow, day six of 12 Days of Christmas, talking about the Enneagram with Drew Mosier. See y'all on Saturday.